Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! It is that time of the week. It is Ladies indeed. and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Throwback Thursday. Children of all ages! Uh, here we are. We're going to sing a little song for you. We're going to do a little Throwback Thursday. I, I was going to announce like I was Barnum. Like... Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Oh, that's like a Jim Dale. Was it really? I didn't no. even realize I was doing Jim Dale. That's oh, a horrible Jim just Dale. Just because you were, it was like British. Because so it, it was a like... faux British accent. How Why are you? We... We're Good. together again for the first time. Together again for the first time. I'm excited. No singing at Shelly We just got Studios. done doing a couple... No uh, singing in this room. That's what they tell here. us. We just got done doing a couple interviews for the last two days. We We've did. got some real exciting things to share with y'all. Hey, speaking of interviews, I mean, this week, Inga Swenson. Inga Swenson? Well, she so, was fantastic. <laughs> I don't know why I want to do that with the Swedish acts. Not yeah. Swedish. She's. Not, I always thought she was. She, she's not. I mean, her parents are, but she... I, I grew up watching... Benson, yeah, and I thought that she actually was of German descent. She and played had the Rose's accent. sister from you know the Swedish part of Minnesota. Uh, let us let us reflect. So, folks, Inga Swenson is our guest this week. We were so happy to find her and locate. Thank her. you, Kevin Daly. He was Be- it was his idea, and then all yes. of a sudden I said, I don't know, is she still around? Or didn't and I, we got her? He got her uh, phone number from like the white pages online. Yeah, so happy and Fantastic. so happy she agreed to an interview. Yes. She was so charming and so wonderful. Um, and go on YouTube, go down an Inga Swenson rabbit hole. Do and it if you have Antenna TV. That's a cable channel. It's a cable channel. The uh, Benson, which she is on, is on there all the time. Okay. Or go on to Logo and wait for the Golden Girls episode where Holly <laughs> Rose's horrible the sister mean shows sister, up. Yeah, who doesn't invite Rose to things? That's right. B. Arthur gets angry at Betty White. I know. It's like Rose, Shh. stop it. Shut Give up. Give Holly Rose. a chance. I'm sorry if you're jealous. <laughs> that's, the, that's pretty good. Then those shoulder pads leave yep, the room. And she like. <laughs> God, her closet was just, she had so many outfits. I was like, for a bunch of ladies living in Miami on Dear a budget? God. Wow. You're all doing pretty good fashion-wise. <laughs> I'm not going to get my Kumatin this week. Instead, I'm going to buy this lovely silk scarf. Um, broad- and cheesecake. And cheese- I loved, hey, that cheesecake budget must have been amazing. Hey, Broadway news is coming out, friends. Don't forget, there's a bunch of big things happening. Right? What? Well, did you know that they just announced a revival of American Buffalo? No. Just came out while we were doing an interview. It's going to be in March 2020. Another American Buffalo? I can't. It's it just, Lauren... I just saw Haley Joe Osmond do it like seven years ago or something it's like go, that. It's going to be Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Rockwell. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't think I need to see another production of American Buffalo. That's interesting. Didn't they do one with Cedric the Entertainer? Yeah, that's the one I saw. Like with, the, it was Haley Joe Osmond. Wasn't he? Yeah. And John Leguizamo was in that one? It probably. Everyone and their mother has been in American oh, Buffalo. Goodness. And um, and then it says the Devil Wears Prada is going to play Chicago in a pre-Broadway engagement the next summer. Yeah, Elton John, Paul Rudnick, and your favorite Shayna Taub. I do love a good Shayna Taub. Have you ever seen the movie The Devil Wears Prada? Not in, you know I did when it first came out, but I have not recently. I probably should check it out again. I you know it's horrible. I'm a horrible gay. They're going to take my it. gay card away. I've never seen oh, it. Shame, never shame. seen it. It's Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep. That's, I mean, hello. It doesn't so, get better. And sad news. I was just going to say it. You, you take it. No, Phyllis Newman has left the has 
has left the world, or this world at least. That's um, sad. We, she was on our list. We were communicating, and we were hoping that we, you we know, she would get better and we could have a chat with her. I'm not to say that she's her legacy is well known and she's done so much for our community with her women's health initiative. But boy, I mean, what a loss. Uh, she was an absolute special one, yeah. an absolute special one. Um, and like you said, we were trying to get her for the show, and we came close a couple of times, and mm. her health just wasn't strong enough to sit down for an interview. But I will say what I love about her is she, um, anytime we did something at 54 below that involved her daughter um or we did we did a concert like once there. Th- and we did a song from pleasures and palaces uh which was a, sh- a frank lesser show that closed out of town that she started she came and she talked about it incredible she was a really special yeah. individual but like you said the, the women, phyllis newman women's health initiative has done so much for this community it's absolutely ridiculous so we we are sad that we did not get her but we're happy that her wonderful performances live on in countless recordings so go take a listen to and phyllis mad newman. woman of central park west on youtube yeah you can watch the mad woman of central park and west. you can then you can watch uh, listen to rob's uh, analysis of it from a favorite things from like maybe, two years ago maybe we don't have to do that maybe, maybe, we'll, ju- maybe we'll just honor and um watch. i yeah. have to give a little I had to talk about this past weekend because I went to the Ren Fair. Oh god. And no 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 and uh, that was my favorite thing from this past week and you know I was very excited to see Don Juan and Miguel because you know I've been seeing them since I, I was like literally 16. But uh the first thing that happened when I when I met them uh is that Don Juan uh Miguel the sidekick he was like uh, I said oh you know we did a podcast about you guys and without skipping a beat he said oh my goodness I can't believe it someone just forwarded it to me oh. yesterday of a fan of the of your it says it's one of a fan of theirs says our podcast is one of their favorite Broadway podcasts and so forward it to Don Juan and Miguel and then to which Don Juan said oh you guys do Broadway I'm dating Ethel Merman's granddaughter what and I thought I thought what? he was joking and I was like oh, yeah okay he's like no really I've been dating her granddaughter so, Don Juan so I got your my money I got gone. my Broadway fill at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair oh, and a I lot know. of people I will say reached out and said how much they love Ren fairs. When so. you say a lot of people, Kevin, can all oh, right, can I get a number? Can I get no. names? It's so it's so funny, Kevin, because usually when people reach out, they usually reach out to me first. Shade, it's, it's the so, shade. It's, it's so it's so odd hear, that all these you people guys hear just this? decided to you hear this, you guys? bypass me and go right to you. How interesting! Bypass you. Bypass I'll have you know I have podcast friends. Yeah, are they all Don Juan and Miguel? You stop it right now. I do. I really do. How he dare you? Our, our wonderful, fabulous. Just because I'm not listener, so good at the Facebook. John, John I'm Moss. not so good at the Facebook, but because uh, some of us have to do Twitter. Okay. I don't do Twitter. I know you don't. I don't do Twitter. I have friends on Twitter. Good for you. I don't have no friends <laughs> on Twitter. Justify my life. John Moss, our our <laughs> favorite listener, said not our favorite listener. John, we we you know we favorites. love you. But we have we There's don't no play, hierarchy we don't play here. favorites. John texted me after last week's my favorite things and said he goes, I hope you guys listen to this in twenty years. He's like, because you guys sound like SCTV characters. <laughs> To which I said to John, I said, that's actually the, uh, that's the greatest compliment. compliment I could ever, ever I could ever receive because I love SCTV. Oh that's great. Um, you have like all the whole series I on do. your show. I do. I love that I show so much. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, the best, actually, Andrea Martin used to show up there as Phyllis Newman. She would, she, she would talk do about a, specific. She would do a Phyllis Newman impression. Oh and I'm like, well, that's specific. She won't do our show, but she'll do that. I mean, let's, that's all. Oh, one day. Maybe, maybe she'll change her mind. Dream. Andrea Martin, please change your mind. Dream. Come join us. Um, okay, so we are going to talk about some favorite things. Let what, us do Who it. wants to go first? 
Uh, I'll go first um, because my favorite thing because you was have more Twitter followers. Uh, <laughs> That's how we're ranking yeah, it now. Yeah, I have to have one in order to have them. <laughs> um, so mine Truth. was actually inspired by the fa- oh, by one of our guests from, from the uh, from yesterday. Actually, oh really? I, you know, we do research, and then sometimes after I I'll do you research. Know we be- do research. That might be a surprise well, to you. So you guys, you guys know we do. But sometimes after meeting the individual, I actually get more inspired to do more research on them. Just sure, to like, sure. Just because I I think oh my goodness I thought I knew about you but then I you know so w- one of our guests yesterday was Maury Yeston. Uh, and this is a man who has had, a, as far as his Broadway shows, he hasn't had a hugely prolific Broadway musical career. I mean, the three shows that he's had on Broadway that are musicals, two of them won the Tony Award, and the third was very, very successful. The two that won the Tony was Nine and then Titanic. Then the successful one was Grand Hotel, it's, where he had I mean, It's kind of like Frank Lesser that's a, territory. That's a pretty damn good track record, yeah. you know? I mean, th- this is over decades of, of writing, and he d- d- does so many other things. But it got me to thinking of the other shows that he's done. You know, fan- his Phantom that he did with Arthur Copet never made it to Broadway, but is hugely successful outside of that. Um, and he did Death Takes a Holiday off Broadway many years ago. But one of the albums that he has that is a, a, a perfect representation of the quality of this man. Because a lot of you, a lot of us think of Maurice, and I think sometimes as, as this great musician, because he taught, he literally wrote the book on music theory, and he taught at Yale for all those years as his PhD and all of that. But he's a great wordsman. He, he writes great words as well. Yes. Uh, he, he writes his own lyrics. Um, and so I think a great representation of the kind of work that he does, in addition to the Titanic album and the Nine albums, uh, is the Maury Yeston songbook that came out on PS Classics in yes. 2003. And that is my favorite thing this week. It is an, it's an excellent recording. It is I think it is very well orchestrated, very well arranged. Uh, the songs that are on it are... They are some of his popular songs, but they're also songs that you maybe don't know that you should know. Uh, they represent all of his um, his his shows. So I'm, I'm it represents you know Grand Hotel that has uh, I want to go to Hollywood uh, sung by Sutton Foster. What I love also is that 2003 is very much our era. I want to yes, say because yes. we uh, I'm sure you graduated college somewhere around there, and I graduated okay I graduated in 2002. But like that time period, we were just such sponges. So th- the people on the album are very like over like Alice Ripley, Brian Darcy James, Brent Barrett, Howard McGillan, previous guest, uh, Robert Cuccioli, Laura Benanti sing together. So uh, some of the songs that you want to check out, I mean, the whole album is you want to listen to the entire thing. Um, but um, uh, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes. What's your favorite? Oh, sorry. I was no. Well, one of my favorite songs is actually, I, I remembered, I thought, oh, gosh. The, he mentioned it, the, the show that he had written called uh, In the Beginning or One, Two, Three, Four, Five, uh, the, the first five books of the Bible and sort of like a comedic approach. But one of the, the best songs from it was a more serious song called New Words uh, that is on mm. Stephen Sondheim's list of songs that I wish I had written. And I was listening to it on, on the way in today, actually. And <laughs> it's, well, I mean, of course, my life has changed now because I have a a child, I have a son, but listening to this song about a father teaching or, you know, a parent teaching their child new words and like learning the word love, learning the word stars, learning the word, you know, just being inspired by your own child is really, it's a superb song. And I would, I would say, listen to that because it's a lesser known song, but it is a well-crafted, beautiful song lyrically and musically. So I would listen to new words. 
Um, but it's got, I mean, the album has Betty Buckley singing all these great tunes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, runs the gamut of, of what more Yeston can do from more art songs, like from his December songs, which is more arty kind of songs like By the River. And then also, of course, the songs from Nine, um, yeah. Grand, Grand Hotel and such, and Phantom, of course. But um, yeah, it's great. A- excellent, excellent. And then if you like any of the songs, young listeners and older listeners, but who are auditioning or what have you, um, there's sheet music. There's a, there was a song book that was released, so you can get all of the sheet music as well for these. So I would I would encourage listeners to go to the Maury Yeston songbook. You can buy the CD, old school, or go to Spotify or uh, Apple Music and what check is your, it out. Is that your favorite Maury Yeston song, New Words? Uh, I would say definitely one of them. I think melodically, musically, uh, uh, No Moon that from Titanic. No moon, no, and nothing to spy things by. I think that's a beautiful song. Interesting. Yeah. I, his music, I, I'm a piano player, as you guys know, but um, when you play his music, he has this sort of, you know, every writer writes in a different way, and his music has this sort of flow to it. Like the right and left hands always have like a undulating back and forth pattern. I don't know how else to describe it, but the way he plays the chords, they're always like uh, arpeggiated in a way. So it's, there's a distinctive style that I love about his music that is a very flowy. It, it's, I don't know how to describe it, almost like a Philip Glass type thing where the, the chords repeat over and over again and you can feel those changes. Uh, and I think, yeah, so I, I like all of his, his music really. Um, My favorites are um, Unusual Way, Brian Darcy James sings that oh, on does this he album. Really? Yeah, it's great to hear. It's fun to hear a male voice uh, yeah, do it man, too. Uh, and it's like, it's stunning. But for me, one, one of my favorite it's a compositions of his, which yeah, I sends chills down my spine every time I listen to it, is the Overture to Nine when it's all of those women. women. And to hear him describe it to yeah. us and how he created that, I mean, oh my goodness. It's just. Fabulous! Absolutely, They're, they are the overture. I mean, they are literally the orchestrated. Yeah, you know. If you've not listened, folks, just go to Nine, the cast album yep. on Apple Music or Spotify. You can listen to the original or the revival. I prefer the original. And although listen. the revival, uh, the original, had, they had a really tough time recording it. I believe yeah. they did it all like in one day, and it was kind of messy. So you can hear it all, and it's stunning. But it's the sound quality is better in that revival as well. Uh, yes, even though sound, I will say that the I mean, sound quality all, is better yeah. in the revival. But you, it's more. Raw that the original, original. yeah, yeah I agree and you with can that. just just play track one overture it's, and you'll be in good shape. And you hear his uh, musician, like his brilliance. This is a very very smart mind. Yes, as far as a, a, as composition goes, yes. and the fact that he wrote that all out. I mean, like it's it's very yes. well done. He's very it's yeah. He's, Agreed. He's, he's smart. So Agreed. Yeah, Mario Yeston songbook is my my favorite. I love that. Well, my um, favorite thing is actually kind of inspired by something Maury was talking about yesterday. Oh. Um, one of the things that Maury was talking about yesterday was uh, the Lemon Angle BMI workshop, but more specifically, a guy who was in the workshop with him, and that was Ed Kleban, yeah. who's probably best known for writing the lyrics of a chorus line. And um, a show that I've been listening to a lot lately, and it's I looked at it, I was like, oh, we've never done this as a favorite thing, and I find that so surprising. I thought we would have covered it at some point. Um, is a class act. It's we haven't done that as a favorite thing. I looked and I didn't see it anywhere. So, folks, I if 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 we are wrong, Did let I? me know. Did you I, do? Uh, I guess I don't, not. I don't. Th- I looked everywhere and I couldn't. I, I couldn't love I couldn't find a class it. act. Um, so, a class act for those of you that are unaware is um, a autobiographical musical about Ed Kleban, who was the lyricist of a chorus line and who died at a very young age. He died at 48 years old in the in the mid 1980s, and. Um, 
Ed, Ed Kleban's life was so interesting. He was a guy who he got a chorus line on and nothing really after that. And nothing yeah, before that. Kind of famously. Um, yeah. And he had all of these beautiful songs because he was a composer as well. And he didn't want to be just known as a lyricist. He was a composer as well. He had all these beautiful songs and he um, left them to um, a, a group of individuals and said, listen, my only hope is, is that when I die um, that you take these songs and put them in a musical somewhere for me. And so it was left to a woman named Linda Klein, um, who was his lover in the last years of his life. And she took them to Lonnie Price, a former podcast guest, and said, what do we, I think we should do something with these. And uh, I, they played around with the idea of writing an original musical in which they could shoehorn the stories, the songs into, mm -hmm. into the story. And then they came up with the idea, what if we just did an autobiographical musical about Ed's life, and that's how we use these songs. You listen to this musical, and it feels so natural. It doesn't feel like songs that were shoehorned into, because we've seen that before. And I don't want to say, I mean, I hate to use this as an example, but look at something like Mamma Mia, where, you know, you have to put these yes. songs in. And it doesn't feel organic. And half the fun, though, is finding, like, the weird line that they sing to bring in. Like Chiquitita, tell me what's, what's wrong. wrong. Like that's exactly. her name. But what yeah. I found interesting was Maury was explaining to was Maury, I think, explaining to us, you know, the the portraits musical that that gallery uh, ga gallery sorry gallery uh, and and he was saying oh yeah like scintillating Sophie and I, I know the context of the songs from a class act so I I thought I got a kick out of hearing the original context because they work so well. In this in this musical e format that Lonnie helped create, exactly, and so it's really interesting. A class act um, it, it came to Broadway, and um, I saw. It. So I, I, actually, I'm going to go back a little bit. Manhattan so Theater Club it was at Manhattan yeah. Theater Club first, and it was only there for a couple of months, and it starred uh, Randy Graff, a former guest. It starred uh, Jonathan Fr uh, Freeman, Carolee Carmelo, Julia Murney, Nancy Anderson. Um, it was an eight person cast, a very small, but not long. Lonnie had not, was Lonnie playing the lead then? Lonnie was playing the lead. So here's what's interesting. So Lonnie was doing, um, they were doing the show at Manhattan Theater Club. And when in rehearsals, the actor that they had cast, um, I, uh, I can't remember his name. He went off to do a television series. And um, Manhattan Theater Club was like, well, what do we do now? And, they, and Lynn Meadows said, Lonnie, you need to play <laughs> this role. So Lonnie put himself in the show while writing the book and directing it. And it's a new musical, by the way. It's oh, not yeah. a revival. Mm -hmm. um, but he came up with a very brilliant idea. He said, I need a really strong associate director to be watching what's doing. He hired Stafford Arima who's gone on to a nice big career for himself. Yeah. And he said, I need somebody to be to stand in um, so I can direct that person as the lead, and then I'll jump in and do it. Who did he hire? Danny Burstein. Oh, okay. The not too bad. Not, not, not too shabby, folks. Yeah. Not too shabby. Um, this tiny little musical, which is about Ed Kleban's life, which people, I think, thought might be like too inside baseball. Do you know what I mean? Like who... Yes. A musical about the Lemon Angle workshop and this guy who wrote a chorus right. line. Like, what's going on? There's like a song called Charm Song. Ended up being this incredibly beautiful theatrical. Intimate. Intimate, beautiful very theatrical. Very sweet. And like a little love letter to what it's like to get into a room with the lights down and everyone's together to, like they say at the ending and the beginning, because it's sort of posited as like the, the memorial service yes. for, for Ed. Um, yeah, that, the conceit is everyone's going right. to Ed's memorial and right. Ed returns to the memorial and, then, and they kind of looks give back you, on his and life. And they don't really, from what I remember, Rob, and you're going to know much more because, but um, it, it's, uh, 
they they don't hide. He was a he was a bit neurotic, and even people we've talked to that knew Ed, like they were always like, "Oh yeah, he was great," but he was hypochondriac, he was depression very, issues, a personality, and uh, institutionalized a few times. Yeah. Uh, could not really keep collaborators, and they didn't shy from that. You know, no, that one so, character's like, "You didn't even talk to me at the end the last year. You didn't talk to me." It you shows know? him warts and all. Um, the show was so successful, it moved off to uh, Broadway to the Ambassador Theater in two thousand one. It played for about a couple of months, and then. It closed. Um, a class act was one of those shows that came out in the same season as Producers and Full Monty, mm-hmm. and then right after was 9 yeah. 11. And so I think there's a whole swath of wonderful shows. I've mentioned this before things like Sweet Smell of Success, Thou Shall Not, A Man of No Importance, that sort of just got swept away because of the juggernaut of the producers and the tragedy of 9 11. Um, And I think it's nice to go back and revisit. You have a wonderful, beautiful cast recording um, and some great songs to listen to. Um, You're like, oh, I didn't know that Ed Kleban wrote that. Things like Better. Which is a great, which is actually in the Mad Woman of Central Park West, starring Phyllis Newman. I've been rich. I've been, I've been poor. poor. Rich, rich is, is better. I've been naughty. I've been nice. I've been naughty once, once or, or twice. twice. I've been naughty once or twice. <laughs> no, that's Sorry. Not it. Twice is better. Sorry, folks. Killed Sorry, it. Ed. Totally. Gauguin shoes. Is I it? like one of my favorite songs uh, is Under Separate Cover. I think that Under, is Carly Carmella, Under Separate yep. Cover. So good. Mine that makes me like weep like a baby, especially when Randy Graff sings it, The Next Best Thing mm-hmm. to Love. So take a listen to that. So anyway, mine is a class act. It's a show that I hope comes back in some shape or form someday. Um, I love it. I love it. So take a listen to a class act. And then listen to a more Yeston songbook. Yes. What? A, oh, my gosh. What a great time. Good it's an Ed Kleban celebration <laughs> for the next couple of my favorite things. All right. Till next time. Take care. Bye, everybody. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 